0: what is up guys welcome back to another episode of our pod currently called the uncharted pod so i'm yash
1: i'm Shub, guys good to see you guys um doing pretty well how you doing yash happy wednesday day Day before thanksgiving yeah actually break
0: yeah it's it's, uh the new friday for this week so that's nice yeah Um, short short week in general
1: um hmm. Yeah, dude i really i really love the small talk we do before every episode it's just it's, it's not forced because like we're tight like that but like for the pod it's just like some
0: white guy, like friendly like it's interesting um, it's like we're having weird conversations so we talk like we haven't talked about this, yeah yeah it's not like we hopped on this call and talked 30 minutes before we started recording and game. prepped like all this stuff so. yeah yeah that, yeah that shit's pretty funny um <laughs> good thing
1: we killed <laughs> that um i guess i'll just kick things off here um like like i said if you guys listened to last podcast, we mentioned, um, you know, we talked about the winners, and we hopped off that call thinking it was a great conversation. Both of us, um, go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, basically, the off-season NBA winners, uh, who conquered the off-season, who got the best acquisitions, who has the best future in their hands. Um, and we mentioned, you know, where there's winners, there are losers, and we'll be getting into that today. Um, and sort of discussing yeah, sure. where these guys are at, why why they didn't why they made some bad choices or no choices at all, and, and what that means for their future. So. Um, let's just kick things off. I'll, I'll let you take the first crack at it. Um, is there someone in the offseason, you know, now that we're almost done with free agency that uh, you didn't like and we're maybe hoping to be more aggressive?
0: Sure. Um, I think we can kind of start off with the ones that we agree on. So I'm, I'm going to kick it off real quick and talk, and talk about the, I guess, the elephant in the room quite literally yeah. is Detroit. Like these guys just signed five centers. I have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Um, they, they, they said they were going to be a salary dump team moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, just to so that they can kind of you know clear the slate once they get I guess like two three years down the line. Yeah. But they still have Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin who they can flip for value on their on their roster. Um, I'm not. I mean, I, I'm guessing that they probably won't make these trades until like midseason um, or at all. Honestly, I know Derrick Rose has garnered some interest, but like they did well in the draft. They got Killian Hayes. Then they drafted you know another big man and then they dropped then they picked up like Mason Plumlee, Jahlil Okafor, Jeremy Grant like it was just really confusing and they paid all of them so much money and definitely. yeah I, I don't really know where their what their future holds like Killian Hayes is a good guard I guess and he's probably the person that they're going to build around in 3 years if he proves to be, you know, a solid asset to the team but yeah they're they're definitely not heading into next season looking for anything more than 20 wins if they definitely. even get that far
1: I, I agree i think the front court you know acquisitions was a little confusing i think to general media um you know they paid 20 million dollars to jeremy grant who you mentioned um to back up blake griffin um so this is, this is two <laughs> is I mean, if if they're changing um up their lineup and you know they're tra- change, uh excuse me trading blake griffin then it makes a lot more sense but you know, we're what, five days away from, you know, six days away from uh, training camp. So I'm not really sure how that's going to uh, uh, shake out. Um, mm-hmm. Not to get off track, but um, to Detroit's credit, um, I heard rumors today that they're explain- exploring a Blake Griffin and John Wall trade. Um, I don't know what you're thinking about that, but. You know, both guys are unhappy. You know, swapping teams might be uh, beneficial and stuff like that. A three-guard lineup of Rose, Wall, and Killian Hayes might be deadly. You never know. Um, But, yeah, Jeremy Grant, $20 million, um, was getting the same from Denver and turned that down uh, for a bigger role, uh, which is ironic because he's playing behind probably the best player on the team. So that's very ironic that he would turn that down for a bigger role on Detroit but he's the best player's backup, and it's coming off the bench still.
0: Well, I, I think Jeremy. Sense. I think Jeremy would end up playing small forward, or yeah. power and over then, Yeah, that makes yeah, a lot of speed. sense. We're looking at this so depth he, chart right now. Yeah, he'd be he'd be he'd be the he'd be the okay. small forward. And then, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but my my main question for them is like in that John Wall scenario that you brought up, like yeah, from a player perspective, that's horrible. Like for it would be good really. for Blake Griffin, I guess. Like they can make a playoff so. push still, but for John Wall, like. The man's about to go to a team that has no hope of making the playoffs. Well, what, what kind of team was he on
1: before? You know, <laughs> I, I mean, know yeah. you're right, slightly better. When but, when yeah. they were
0: healthy, when they were healthy, they did make the playoffs.
1: They like, made the when, second uh, round, like and yeah. took that to a game seven. So you know, one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals. So
0: yeah, it, it does suck. I mean,
1: but I mean, what do you really expect when you're asking for a trade, man? You're gonna get shipped off somewhere, uh, a good team or a bad team. That's it's uh, It's wild, but uh, sticking with the Pistons here. Um, Derek Rose is still on there putting up numbers. I think they seem to really like him. He has been floated around in trade rumors too. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of weird because Detroit is in this, like, you know, uh, made you look kind of personality where it's just like, Oh, you know, every single player of value has been thrown in a trade rumor, uh, from Derek Rose for Kyle Kuzma to Blake Griffin for now John Wall or just like pretty much else, else in the league. And they're the rest of their team is a bunch of no names. So. Um, you know the future of Detroit. It's it's looking it's looking pretty gloomy now. Uh, Killian Hayes, who uh, you know I I, uh, I kind of want to bet on. Um, you know he's going to be pretty Shelly good. Debra, I mean, Detroit. Points. Oh, by the way, so uh, side note: the bet. So for the for our listeners out there, um, I, I, I put in twenty that and don't bet, don't gamble, kids. Um, but you know I, I made a mistake and bet on Killian Hayes going uh, top seven in the draft. He went seventh. Um and I netted 19. But dude, I, I got back from Elijah and uh he gave me my twenty bucks back and I'm getting thirty-nine additional. So the bet is thirty nine. <laughs> yeah. So if you lose the bet, you lose twenty. But if you make make the bet, you get your money back in thirty-nine. I don't I'm not into sports betting, but anyways, Killian right. Hayes is supposed to be really good. I, he was like one of the top prospects. So I think um putting their future uh in his hands, maybe uh guidance under Derek Rose makes some sense. Um, if, if they want to lock up their guard spot, but you know, th- their future looks kind of bleak, man. Mason Plumley again for 8 million. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, You know, I, I, I don't, I don't really have much to say. I mean, maybe we'll see their stockpiling assets in a couple of years. We'll see where they're at from there.
0: Yeah. I think, I think one thing to put this, I guess, off season in context for for Detroit is that they were pretty mediocre for the past, like, yeah. 46 years and because of that like I feel like there was no growth like they were literally like how the Hornets are currently like mm-hmm. I would put them in the Hornets in the same category so but I you said the pretty... Hornets were a winner now they are yesterday now they are but they, they've always been like a 10th seed okay right like they, they just signed like the top three pick and they got Gordon Hayward like they made they made improvements to like play better this com- upcoming season but yeah. but the Pistons have not had a, a season where they've had reputed winners sign with them. Like, they're a small market team. And this is kind of, like, the flaw that you see with a lot of small market teams. Like, this team struggled. And they had Andre Drummond on contract for a lot who opted, like, who they knew, who they knew was going to opt in. And they had to trade him away, right? And, you know, blowing up that squad, you know, with, like, Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond, like the Stanley Johnson era, like, it just made sense to me. Like, it, like they had to go somewhere. And I think tanking in some odd way will obviously, I mean, it's not, but hopefully they get some picks, you know, moving forward and really secure, you know, some lottery rounds in these upcoming years because, or else this wouldn't be worth it. Um, they're, they're just going to be salary dumping and then, you know, fighting for the ninth seat again, which is horrible. And I don't want that. I don't want them to be in that position four years down the line. Yeah. I know you're,
1: what are you, Detroit's a personal advisor?
0: You really care about yeah, them, man. Yeah, dude. looking out for you know, their best interests, you know? I want them to be better, bro. I want them to get to that championship nah, totally agree. vibe, dude. I think were, every,
1: I think every team in the league deserves, um, some sort of taste of that, uh, excluding yeah. the Clippers. Uh, anyways, um, you know, we'll carry on. Um, I will go ahead and, um, pick my next loser of the, of the 2020 off season. And, you know, kind of in relation to that, but, uh, uh, flying out to the other conference, I'm I'm going to choose the Denver Nuggets. Um, good, good, good I do. I, I think they definitely lost lost out um, on this off season. You might be wondering, well, Shub, they made it to the Western Conference Finals and had the you know what, see they had the third seed last season. Why are they a loser in this? Well, you know they do have a good core and such, but they actually lost three rotation pieces uh, this off season um, and did a decent job if any job i don't see any uh, of replacing them they got jermichael green from the clippers which is a good ad um however and rj hampton who's a nice a nice rookie um so either you know they kind of fumbled on their plans or they're expecting a lot of uh more production uh, from their bench players you know will barton did not play in the bubble at all now that, that's their you know 16 point score from last season as well as michael porter jr who's been the talk of the nba For a while now, Um, we know about his defensive, defensive deficiencies, but offensively, he's a stud. Um, So, you know, I I really think they lost out this offseason because, you know, they could have bolstered their bench to, you know, produce even more. And and they just didn't they weren't aggressive. Um, You know, the Jeremy Grant thing isn't really their fault. But the way I saw other teams recover, uh, like the Clippers, uh, when they lost out on their big man and and got another one, I didn't really Mm -hmm. see a plan B or plan C working out for them. Um, you know, I don't know their financial payroll situation um, just for, you know, uh, argument's sake. But, you know, you know, paying Paul Millsap a one-year $10 million contract um, to return as their starting power forward, um, I'm all about paying your guys uh, and believing in them. But Paul Millsap is 34 and well past his prime. Um, so I'm not sure how much confidence uh, I would have moving forward, uh, you know, you can never doubt the confidence of, you know, to your duo and your and your um, two best guys and Jokic and Murray, who are t- both top 20 players in the league. Uh, but I just wasn't really confident. And I, I don't know where they're going to fall next season. How do you feel about them?
0: I will kind of take the devil's advocate position on them. I think they, they did lose some rotation players, but they were playing Michael Porter Jr. like 15 to 20 minutes a game. And, this guy, obviously, like, this is his first real season in the NBA where he played 55 games, right? The previous season, he was basically injured for the whole, for the whole time. So, in my opinion, he's going to probably get the more elevated role and be that third guy to this Jokic and Murray pairing. Well, the and question I, is,
1: do you think he can produce? He's going to be I, a third-year guy technically, but second-year healthy. Listen, I think I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Look, when he was on the team with Trey Young when he was in high school, this guy was the, this guy was the main guy and Trey Young was the second guy, right? That I I'm not you really have to connect the dots for me there, buddy. No, so when they were so Trey Young and Michael Porter Jr. played on <laughs> the same AAU team. I, and I'm getting that, yeah. Yeah. So at that time, Michael Porter Jr. was considered to be the the better player and obviously the higher prospect, but he got injured in college and that kind of hurt his draft prospects a lot and, and dropped him in the draft cuz people mm-hmm. didn't really know like how he was going to play. And mm-hmm. this past season in the playoffs, he's like showed up to to a relative degree to the amount Like he's averaging 10 a game, like 9.3 mm-hmm. points a game, yeah. you know, playing on like 15-20 minutes. And I, and he's not really getting like a ton of shots his way either, right? Like not not nowhere near the shots he was promised in, in, in college and in high school. So I'm so it's guessing. It's been an adjustment. Yeah, it's definitely been an adjustment for him, and he has to learn to play, obviously, a more holistic game.
1: And not just But I, I, think, I think we've given him that learning curve. Um, you, you know, that's the thing. I, I think, like, we make these excuses for these players, but and you understand, like, okay, with a the rookie, there comes growing pains. He's going to learn. He's going to be better. But with this guy, and it's a compliment to him, I just feel like, dude, you were – three wins away from the NBA finals, your team went deep and day, playing every other day, playing the regular season, you were healthy. You understand what, and you know, that, uh, if our, if our listeners know what we're talking about, that controversial, um, response in that post 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 game presser in the playoffs against the Lakers about how many shots or you know, the, the team strategy and stuff like that. He's already gone through those lumps. And I, I don't really buy that you can make excuses for him, like, oh, he's still adjusting because in college he received this. He was, like, he went, he was on a successful team that, went, that had a successful season uh, playing a certain role that he wasn't used to. And it's up to him. And I think he'll come to that terms, like, okay, like I want to excel and I'm going to do the best of my ability. Uh, you know, I'm, like you said, devil's advocate. Uh, you know, Mike's going to have a lot of trust in me to. Uh, you know, have a bigger role, uh, knowing that we lost key guys. So I'm already obviously going to get a bigger role. Um, But I need to learn how to be okay with that and flourish in that role. Because what we have in my current team is working. I'm too young to ask for a trade. I cannot be thinking about me and the possibilities. I need to establish myself as a name right now. I'm on the right track. But listen, this team goes through Murray and Jokic. And if I'm going to be successful, it's fine. I need to earn those guys' trust. He's, yeah. he's no longer a rookie. He's, and even if you're a rookie, Donovan Mitchell's no one's making excuses for him. It's like his third year. You yeah, know what but, I'm saying? So for but, M- MPJ, I don't, I don't buy the excuses. And I think
0: you can't compare Donovan Mitchell to, to Michael Porter Jr., bro. I think Donovan Mitchell, first of all, like, he came in NBA ready, and this guy has a lot of size on him. Like, he's a, he's 6'10", bro. Like, his frame is massive. He can obviously become a much better defensive player, and he will learn. And to like, to, like, you know, you always talk about how you should give players some time to, like, kind of find their role and, like, understand who they are in the NBA because these guys all come in doing everything for their squads. You know, like in high school, like they're the guy to go to, regardless of what position they play in the NBA. And then once they get to the NBA, they have to understand they become more specialists and like, you know, really adapt to the role that they have. And on this Nuggets team, like he carved himself out a role on a team that has a lo- had a lot of good players last season. Like they, their depth was one of their primary reasons why they're able to, you know, survive so many rounds in the playoffs, come back from two, three, one deficits and beat a team like the Clippers. Right. And now. that part of that depth falls on Michael Porter Jr. And he, I think he can be that third I agree. guy. And I, and I think that, you know, you give you give this guy another year or two, he will definitely show out and be a really great player. He, like, I agree. The, like Mike Malone will definitely trust him because like, on, even on a team like this, like if he were able to get like 16 minutes a game as a second year, like obviously they're doing something, right? Like they're thinking about him. And I think that, this season itself will be a good statement season for him and help him build out his narrative in
1: the NBA. I agree with everything you're saying. And that's, I 100% believe he is the third. He is already the third guy on this team. I don't think you can make an argument for anyone else. Um Any Paul Millsap fans out there. I'm super sorry. Yeah. But that last Millsap year posters, but um, that's you what I'm saying said that last year. That's what I'm saying. You couldn't have said no that. No one was saying that. No one was saying that last year. I'm just saying exactly. from the perspective, like, um, people are like, you know, he's going to figure it out. Like, you need to give him more time and stuff. I'm like, no. If you had a successful season and you were part of that rotation already, if your team went – do you think Tyler Hero needs more time? Like, yes, he needs time to get better and maybe get an all-star and reach his ceiling, yes. But do you think he needs more time to figure out his role on his team? Absolutely not. If you – no, you don't. He knows what he is. He knows what he is. He's, he's a he's a He's a – volume shooter. And a versatile scorer, but that's what I'm saying is like, when you have a successful season and you go deep, and the Heat were two wins away from, from the championship, and you're winning games, you won all the way to the NBA Finals. You know what recipe is working, and now you're planning to run it back. There is no question in Tyler Hero's mind what he needs to do this offseason, and he's already done it. There is no question in his mind
0: what he needs those to two do. Guys, bro, I can, but I but literally you can't. can. Because Why? this guy, this guy's first season was this past year. Like this was the first season he played. So was so, Tyler. Tyler Hero's rookie. Yeah, but their their minutes and their portion of like the team that they carried is way different. Michael Porter Jr. was coming off the bench. Are they not the, both the third? Are they not the third best player on their teams? Tyler Hero, no, not this season. Not this season. Who's Brandon, the third best player on the Heat? You go Goran Dragic. You had Goran Dragic, Jimmy Butler, and then he had Bam. Why would Tyler Hero be the third best player on that team?
1: I mean, I think you can make a case for upcoming You're telling me Bam
0: Adebayo, it? who is a freaking all-star? No, I know he's
1: second. I know he's second.
0: Okay, yeah. And then, so you have but three I think guys.
1: I think it's a toss-up between Dragic
0: and Hero entering the season. I think. What are you talking? No way. I think it is. No way. There oh, is yeah. no way that Tyler Hero can create as much as Dr. and Dragic. I don't know why you're even thinking that. Just because this guy had a crazy season, like, bubble season, doesn't mean anything. Because to be quite honest, like, it's easier to, like, playing in the bubble is way different than playing in the playoffs. All right, here we go with these finals. excuses. But it's true. It's like, to be quite honest, like it's, you saw stuff happening in the bubble that didn't happen anywhere else. And it's because like one, like there's no audience. There is no crowd. That aspect plays a huge role in these basketball I, games. That's why home court advantage is a thing. If, if you don't believe in that, then it wouldn't matter where players are playing. I do agree
1: with you because I was thinking about it today. I do believe the Heat would have not made the finals if everything was play out normally.
0: They're, they're all a bunch of young guys who can run the floor and shoot. Obviously, it's easier to shoot when there's nobody yelling at you. There's not tens of thousands of fans yelling at you. And a guy like Tyler Hero, who thrives in like this underdog type of environment, like it, was, it was like a perfect situation where everything was cooking in his favorite. That guy is not the third best player on the Heat, by far. I agree. He would be the every- fourth or fifth option, bro. He can't create. He's not a good like, playmaker. He, he can score the ball so yeah you can't put him in the same context as michael porter jr who's played like ma- like in a lesser role you know like th- that's just the truth the reason i picked
1: them both out is because first of all they're both like technically rookies and tyler hero came off the bench as well this past season he ended up starting by the way like exactly but i'm was- saying he was successful and didn't mpj not get more minutes by the end right? MPJ was like the 10th man would come out during blowouts in the regular season. And he slowly developed a role. He slowly sure. came off the bench and played more minutes. That's the kind of perspective I'm talking about. I obviously, I'm not trying to compare, but look at, look at the paths they both take. I'm using him as an example. No, there's, I'm not denying I mean, Tyler here was one Hero's of the best production. rookies in the NBA. Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. And you but, can't, like look at his ascension and look at MPJ's ascension. That's, that's my whole point is that we're, we're on the same page here.
0: They're two different MPJ teams. has a lot of
1: pressure and he has to prove himself and it's this year. But I don't want to hear any excuses like he still needs time to figure it out. When she your does. team has a successful season and, and you have a major part in that, no matter how old you are, you can look back and be like, wow, my team was successful and we went this far because this happened. Now coach is expecting me to do this and improve this role because other players are out, so I know what I need to take advantage of. If MPJ is coming – MPJ is not going to come in thinking he needs to score 30 points again because he saw this last season. That He saw this last season. So there should be no excuse for him not to know what his role is. That's my whole point. He saw the whole thing happen, and he saw how successful his team is. Why would he need
0: more time to figure out what his role is on the team? That is my point. I mean, he has to just get accustomed to playing NBA basketball as well, dude. He's played fifty-five games. Just, just to give you some context, right? Brandon Ingram, his first season, averaged nine points a game. All right, it took him two years, arguably, to figure out his role, and he still hasn't. He didn't figure it out how to be his full, to reach his full potential, his full ceiling until under the Pelicans, because that's where he got time to grow and develop. And like I read some couple pieces also on ESPN that, that kind of like highlighted that. That this guy needed to be in a place that believed in him and, you know, gave him the role and the ability to like do what he was good at, you know, coming out of college. Cause he wasn't doing that on the Lakers. That they, they had him playing a different role. Now, when you take Michael Porter, Jr., he has a similar frame. He's actually a little stronger. Right. And this guy will obviously, it takes time to figure out how to play in that body Tyler Hero's ceiling as like, it's like, you know, where Tyler Hero is going to be in three years. You can't really say that for Michael Porter Jr. You would because make as sense a guard, with your argument. As Wouldn't a guard, make- your 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 skill set is like already pretty much furnished. Like you have to come into the NBA just to play an NBA talent, you have to be able to shoot, or you have to be able to pass, right? Or you have to be a good defense player. Like that's the reality for a guard, right? Th- those are your three things you bring to the table. For for Michael Porter Jr., there's like a bunch of different things that he would have to that he can work on. And that by slightly improved, like margin improving in each of those categories, like he can become a phenomenal player. If he becomes like a slightly better scorer and can play a little bit of defense, he'd already be better than Tyler Hero, in my opinion. I don't um, like, I don't like your Brandon Ingram analogy because it would only make sense if
1: Michael Porter Jr. went to the Knicks and was dropping 23 points a game. That's my point. You can't, you can't wait, take why? situations. That not make because, any sense. Because Because guess what? With Brandon Ingram playing beside LeBron James, he was still dropping 17, 18 points a game. You cannot take his first season when he was a rookie nine points a game. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And Michael Porter is going to be a third option. That's what I'm saying. He's the third option on a team and he was playing 17 minutes a game. And you're using that as a way of saying that this guy doesn't need more time and he needs to be able to figure it out. I don't understand that. No, he doesn't need more time
1: because guess what? His minutes, because three rotation guys are out is going to double nearly double. He's going to average 26, 28 minutes a game. That's what's going to tell. That's what it's going to uh, take for him like, you know, to figure more. it out he's And gonna he's going to gonna score more and his role's going to increase. But if there's growing pains and stuff like that, there shouldn't be this long of a leash saying, oh man, you know he, he needs to figure out like you know he just needs more and more time you know, to, to figure out what his role is. That's what I have a problem with. He, he needs more time. I agree to hit his prime and to reach his ceiling. I agree with that 100 percent. Every, every player does. No one hits their prime two, three years in. My problem is, is when you say, Michael Porter Jr. needs more time to figure out what his role is. That is horseshit to
0: me. Because when you are on it, I'm going to say it he again. Does. He, he does, does not mean, need – he knows what his role is. He's I the mean, third man be, on the team. Yeah, but what does that constitute? Is he, is he the guy scoring the ball you're coming yes, off
1: the ball? he's doing he's, what he's great at. In 26 to 28 minutes, he's the third man whatever you want your third man on your team to be doing, I'm pretty sure that's a universal code. Like what you're, what you want your third best guy. Doing. No, it, it really depends, bro. It depends from team to team. Yeah. But we know what Michael Porter jr is good at. We know Mike Malone knows what Michael Porter jr is good at. He's going to put him in positions to succeed. So honestly, you know, these th- three guys moving out, putting a lot of pressure on MPJ to figure it out and figure it out fast and produce is going to be a lot of pressure. He's getting a lot of pressure from the coach and the organization to produce. So if, He spends time like, oh, coach, I don't know what you want me to do. Rebound assists. Like, I don't know what I should be focusing on. And he fumbles. Guess what? He's getting
0: shipped the fuck out of there because he couldn't figure it out. I think think it's not – to me, it's not necessarily his offensive prowess. I think it's like his main focus for this coming season would be, like, improving his defense. I mean, yeah, we can talk about improvements
1: and stuff like that, but you're missing my point. You're missing my point. It's not about – we can talk about, okay, what should MPJ focus on? You're missing, like, the whole uh, narrative. My point is, whatever the fuck that role that is, there is no excuse based on the success they had in the playoffs last season. He shouldn't come into this this season already having talked to Murray on the phone, already having conversations with Jokic uh, this offseason, already having practice sessions yeah. with Mike Malone, and we're knowing not- what he's supposed to do and going – there should be no confusion about that. So I don't want to hear any excuses for him just because he's a third guy. He's a successful third-year third player, and he already knows what's going on. That's why I brought up Donovan Mitchell because he was like, oh, really? I'm getting the keys to this car? All right, I'm going to take it. Dropping 40 in playoff series. Oh, Brandon Ingram? Okay, I can really score in this league even though i'm behind lebron james i'm gonna still do what i do okay i'm going to the pelicans now i have free reign to do what i do these guys don't take years to figure out what their role is when they figure out their role is they're successful at it so my point is mpj has a lot of pressure but he does not deserve you know uh you know a pass if he doesn't if he looks uh if he's fumbling the bag and just like not knowing if he's all over the place he is on that team to do what he's best at and Mike Malone, whatever that is, we don't know. We're not going to find out what his role is on that team until we figure it out. But there is no excuse for him not to know. And that's it on that. That's my whole point. Um, we're going to leave it at that. Um, do you want to bring up your next loser in the offseason?
0: Sure. I mean, I think I, – I said the Clippers are a loser losers offseason because they visibly were missing a playmaker and they did not sign a playmaker. They let Montrez walk. Um, which I thought was all right, but they also didn't sign, like, they got Serge Ibaka in return, I guess, but I don't really see how this team is going to do any better than last season, if not worse, Mm -hmm. and to me, that in and of itself is an L because there are teams in the the West constantly improving, like, you look over the hall, the Lakers literally beefed up their roster and arguably have a better team this year than they did last year, which is, you know, a big thing to say, but like, you still have Pat Bev and Lou Williams, who are great players, but just, like, neither of them are playmakers. Lou Williams is, like, you know, notoriously known to, like, score the ball, but you shouldn't have sc- scoring issues when you have, you know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you know, playing for you as well. Yeah. Like they should be the ones that should be scoring the ball. But you need a guy like a, a Fred Van Vleet almost, that can kind of, you know, play the pick and roll. Beat that guy who can score the ball if need be, but not be like a, a score-first point guard, um, like Lou Williams is. And Patrick Beverly, I mean, the dude, he's just like a great defender, but offensively yeah. he's not like exactly gifted. So, I agree. I feel I feel, I feel like they are they were just lacking, and they are signing Marcus Morris to like a massive deal, sixteen million, like, and that guy didn't even do year. much for them. Like, to be quite honest, like he averaged twenty-six minutes a game. Yeah, he did. Pretty pretty, pretty pretty bad. Yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't know. And Serge Ibaka, I guess, is a good signing for them, but
1: it's kind of know, saved sort of their season where they're at.
0: But just to be quite honest, like Serge Ibaka, is also like declining, extremely. This, and this guy, I mean, he averaged like what fifteen a game, but they don't need him for points. They need him to play defense against Anthony Davis and like Kristaps Porzingis and DeAndre Ayton, and you know. Nikola Jokic is he up for that task because Zubac was not up to that task right Not at all and that's what he's sort of in
1: that Javel McGee role where he plays like 16 minutes a game yeah
0: yeah because they couldn't do anything like in the playoffs you literally see Nikola just take full advantage of that role and a a team like the 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 Nuggets who were just talking about they run their offense through Nikola Jokic like every other position same with the Lakers like you see AD like sometimes like working with the ball, like within like with like 20 seconds on this clock, the ball's already in his hands. Like, yeah. what are you, what, what does that mean? Like, it, you can't have a guy like, I don't know. I, I just feel like they didn't do as good of a job as they could have to like beef up their roster and then move into this season. Cause Agreed. I'm grading them in the scale that they're going to make the finals and play for a championship. Agreed. Cause that's where they should be not making the playoffs and yeah. going for like
1: I, a deep run. I think, um, there's a small counter argument to that is just like, you know, maybe they're thinking, you know, let's just, let's not panic. Um, you know, we did make it far in the end, like, you know, general standards we did fine. So maybe it's not time to, uh, blow up the ship just yet. And, you know, simply tweak a few things, which is what they did. So that'd be my counter argument to that it's not a sure. very strong one on purpose, uh, because yeah. I will totally flip that script and take your side. Um, you know, I'm going to be as objective as possible, you know, maybe, so they went they got to the second round and were one game from the third round, okay, okay. um so you could think and be like, you know what we 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 have some potential, so what they did is you know their are off season technically, they got rid of their coach, um but they- kept the same culture, right? Tyron moose sure. coming coming in, you know maybe that's you know, a, a really good change I think that's a good, a good change, Um, yeah. but the moves you just think like from the reports that we're hearing from Bomber is just like absolute oblivion. And it was just like I mean I remember reports after that game, game seven, they lost. Um they were he was ready to trade everyone. He was ready to trade Paul George, everything that's so what we heard his name in trade talks and stuff like that. That was wild. Um, and so he was he was fuming. So you know after calming down and stuff, you really think you know the Clippers can go ahead and be aggressive. And I was kind of worried, dude, because they have Jerry West, um, the, yeah. the ultimate legend, the guy who I would trust, um, you know, with everything, like with, with my front office at least. He, he's the guy who can uh, – he got Shaq, he got Kobe on the Lakers, you know, before our time. So, I'm just confused why weren't they aggressive. And it just, you know, really baffles me that they traded Shamit for Luke Kennard. Who was on Detroit and the Ibaka thing kind of saved them because they lost Harrell. Maybe they let Harrell walk on purpose for a culture reason. um, But Ibaka coming in, they're expecting big things out of that uh, 33 year old, I think. Um, Marcus Morris as your starter, I don't know what to expect for that. Kawhi load managing. So he's going to play out of these 72, what, 55 games? Paul George with probably, you know, we'll get into it in a different, you know, podcast, but maybe top 10, maybe top five, most players with the most pressure on them, right? Um, I heard a rumor today that, you know, they are actively trying to trade Lou Williams for a more of a floor general. Um, So we'll see what they get back in turn for that. But I'm with you, man. Like, you know, with such a disastrous season from their standards, not a general um, person who looks at this um, and and the media's perspective, like how disastrous it was and with the expectations you would expect, like, you know, two, three, four, like five, six moves, whether that includes free agents or <laughs> trades, something like that to bolster this roster um, and get the guys that the Bucks got, uh, get the kind of bench the Lakers got, uh, get the kind of uh, guys Miami got uh, or the Rockets or you, you look down the list. Um, I, I'm just really shocked by them. And, um, you know, maybe they're just hoping on continuity. Uh, not really sure the answer to
0: any questions, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see if Lou Williams is traded. And to that point, I also want to talk about something else with regarding the Clippers. Like, Kawhi's on his last year of the deal, if we were to say that and he opts out. Is PG also on a 2-1? and Correct. One? They side together, yep. Okay, so that right there is a huge... Oh, yeah. What is going on moment. Oh, like, yeah. He this offseason was point. major for them because, like, are, like, it wasn't like the Clippers were all together and they lost like they lost and it was primarily a culture reason it wasn't like a like they didn't have the talent on on paper reason you know so like they're unhappy with each other as it is so like you need to do everything as the owner and the gm of the clippers to figure out right how to make everything Bro,
1: work you want to be the first podcast that like starts discussing top five uh trade destinations for koilin <laughs>
0: dude no, that would be crazy. But what I'm saying is, like, if if you have players that are unhappy, you have players that have, like, locker room tension, and you did the right thing by, you know, getting rid of the coach and, you know, getting a new guy on board that the peop- that the players like, but this is your year to make it or break it. And the Clippers not making the finals the year before, like, it's tough to make the finals right now because – the Lakers are a significantly better team on paper than they were the previous year, and they won a championship last year. I agree with that. Tell right? me why Tell
1: me why in six months we wouldn't be having the same conversation we are about James Harden with Kawhi Leonard. Talking trade destinations, oh, Kawhi wants to go to the Bucks. like, you know, all that. He's tired of losing and stuff.
0: I don't know. See, Kawhi's such a confusing guy, though. Like, y- you want to say all this, but, like, his, like, ideas of, like... I think it's different though because he just he wanted to play alone. Yeah, like, you know yeah. what I mean. And, he and he is like, a ring, actually, he, so
1: it's very different.
0: The guy's a two-time NBA champion. If anyone yeah, yeah. that if anyone moves, I think it would be Paul George. Yeah, because that guy didn't produce last season. Um, I just think it would be so fun to get ahead of the curve, like with general media, and just be
1: like, "Oh, let's let's just assume they blow it up. <laughs> like, uh, let's just assume they have a shitty season," you know?
0: And, and I mean, to the to the Clippers' credit, they do have. A younger, more unproven organization that is located in L.A., and you know the allure of L.A. still like is with the Clippers as much as it is with the Lakers. It's just the franchise difference. So even if they get PG off their team or Kawhi, or if they both leave, like they they had they might have a shot in bringing up bringing in some other stars. Um, but that being said, like it would be a huge failure if they were to you know get two of the best. Two-way wing players that we've seen in the past ten years, and not produce like a finals appearance, or even a Western Conference finals appearance. You know? Yeah. Um, I agree. That that's my thought process on that.
1: Um. Yeah. No, I don't really have much more to say. I think it's like a wait and see with the Clippers. Um. But, like the counterpoint is, dude, the Blazers got better. Um. Phoenix got better. You know. Exactly. A lot of teams are like your original point. You you called you said it first. Um. So. And the Clippers, for them to – they're not arrogant, but just to be that confident um, with their current roster, like, hey, this is good enough. We got a second place last time in the West. We'll, we'll be good enough with these two guys. A it's little, a little much because the West is just brutal, uh, to put it lightly. Um, yeah. Moving forward, I am sort of looking for, you know, a, another loser we could talk about. Um, honestly speaking to you, when I hear the term loser, um, I'm not – clicking too much here but yeah maybe i'll take the scapegoat um from a team with championship aspirations to a team uh lightly put with not championship aspirations that would be the cleveland cavaliers dude um i have no <laughs> idea what the hell i, they, for, I, I put them off doing. my list
0: i don't know but yeah I, I just forget about them sometimes man like i think <laughs> yeah, that might sad. be why they ended up not even going on the list i put up but dude totally understand you like Dante Exum should not even be in the league, bro. I don't know what he's doing on that te- Cavs yeah, team. And it's just, it just goes to say, like, y- you had Andre Drummond opt into that massive contract. Smart. Smart by Andre Drummond, but, you know, it doesn't do much for the Cavs, right? And they got rid of Tristan Thompson. Well, they didn't get rid of him. The guy he drafted left- Isaac left. Okoro, so. Yeah. We're going to see. I-, I just, like, there's Garland undersized guard con section he's all right you know what, you know what the saddest thing is dude. i just don't know where they're going i don't understand you know
1: what the saddest thing is uh so four or five days ago i literally tweeted you you could go look this up at ovio Lakeshore for all of my listeners out there i literally tweeted man we really need someone dumb enough to take mcgee's contract
0: yeah, and literally this past Sunday, just
1: wait a couple of days. Like, Cavs are just like, yo, hold my beer. Um, I <laughs> think they, they sent a couple of players back, and, you know, they, they took two seconds from us, I think two second rounders, but they took them. And I was just like, oh, my God, of course it's the Cavs. I, I, I like Do their that. pieces. Colin Sexton <sighs> uh, actually was a 20-point scorer last season. Um it's not Darius saying Garland, much I'm not it's sure. Good. Um, yeah, like like you like to say, it is kind of empty stats. I will agree with you. Um, so there's this popular interviewer I like that's called Graham uh, Bensoning, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely butchered his name. He interviews like a ton of famous dudes. And there's a whole like seven minute segment on YouTube uh, from like a snippet of that, uh, just like a cut of that interview. It's with Kevin Love. And, you know, Kevin, Kevin I Love is a really polarizing player. Uh, but one of the segments was just like, why he hasn't gotten traded in the last two years. (laughs) He literally asked him, was like, make the case for yourself not to be traded or traded. And he was just like, I don't know how to fucking answer this question. So it's super sad, bro. Like he's been on the trading block his entire time in Cleveland. Um I don't know what they do with that asset because that's their best trade asset right now, even though he makes a shit ton of money.
0: He's a great player. He he's in definitely my
1: fantasy leagues.
0: Dude, this guy balls out when he's like not injured or just like not playing. And I I can see this. Two and Andy. a half threes per
1: game, imagine. And yeah. he's he's like projected to produce 18 and nine. Like that's in his sleep, dude.
0: Yeah. And this guy's like, I mean, he, he was a contributing asset to that Cleveland Cavaliers team where he just was like, screw it. I'm just getting rebounds and playing defense. And he did great. Yeah. And he said it. And before that, he was in his 2010 score. But, you know, before we jump in his past, like his future has to be on a contender. Like, there's a lot of teams that can use value out of players like him and Boyd Griffin. And what,
1: what is the dream scenario for Cleveland? What, what, what can they get out of Kevin Love? What do they need out of their you know, best trade piece?
0: I wonder if there can be some sort of option where you work out getting Kevin Love to the Nets and you end up trading away at Dinwiddie and Levert. And then you yeah. get this third guy that can play off of the other two guys because he's used to, and he's played with Kyrie before, so he doesn't need the ball in his hands to be an impact on the floor. And he solves their problem. Yeah, literally. Like, having, like a, like, a... And Kyrie and Kevin Love won a championship together. Yeah, so, like, he brings championship experience. Him. I don't know what his contract is looking like. Katie Actually, would
1: get so much shit, like, winning with LeBron's guys or some shit. Like, that'd be fucking hilarious.
0: Maybe, but at the same time, like, that team would, would be pretty, pretty solid, in my opinion, right? Yeah. Um, and, and it looks like, yeah, he, it's, it's not massive. You He's want to really know something paid. funny that's related Everybody to our last you. pod?
1: What? Um, Guess where Kevin Love is from? Dude, I, I, I He's from Portland. Imagine him going Ooh. home to Portland. What did we talk about? Just that third piece. You know what I'm talking about?
0: I don't know Just if he be that.
1: You were talking Maybe. about, you know, not, not, or like I was referring to like, not that. You were wanting Embiid in Portland, but. Just that mediocre – Kevin Love could
0: be that guy, actually. Third he's not piece. mediocre either, yeah. He could he's not mediocre. In-
1: like, he's, he's above average and, like, an all-star. borderline all-star, like, when healthy. Like, imagine him as the second, third option on the Portland Trailblazers with the kind of depth they have now and could use some trade assets, you know? That's um, a
0: Western Conference Finals team.
1: If, that's if a Western Conference Finals team. like you know, that's, And they, that's and they have assets to
0: trade, too. Like, they can send over, like, Gary Trent – Gary Trent, young
1: piece Covington is always a good trade piece. Derek Jones Jr. No, I is would keep.
0: I'd keep. I'd be, keep Covington, but you can get rid of some of the,
1: You could get some rid of other players. So um, yeah. I think we're both in agreement. Like Kevin Love needs to get out of there. Um, it just really doesn't make sense. Like why he's still there, especially while Cleveland figure out a direction. I think that's what they're missing a direction. Um, Drummond is on the books still. Um, Larry Nance is a nice piece. Colin Sexton I like. Um, Darius Garland is a nice piece. Isaac Okoro. I think they're drafting rookies, position by position, and seeing how they pan out. So
0: <laughs> they're just straight up building a new team. And Bro, dead ass. So
1: first year they they, uh, I guess after LeBron left, right? I guess 2019 draft. Um, they drafted Colin Sexton. Oh no, 2018 draft. Excuse me. They drafted Colin Sexton, and then the year after, Darius Garland, and now they drafted Isaac Okoro. They literally if just you know, going down. Yeah, they're just literally just going list. down the it's list. Absolutely yeah. nuts. Dan Gilbert needs to figure this this stuff out. Um, any more thoughts on Cleveland?
0: Nah, bro. Kevin Love needs a new home, and he can give them some straight assets, and you know, really flip the NBA up. I I think maybe he could be like a a trade piece. You know that we that we see come up in the midseason. He would be that guy that could bolster any team.
1: What is Andre Drummond's uh, worth on the open market? Nothing, bro. A bag of bricks. You that's that's a little harsh.
0: I I don't I, I am not a fan of Andre Drummond, and I'll tell you why. I just think that he's not a modern day big man. I think the nah, game has transitioned away from a the, like, the, that, I like him. I, I'd give him I'd give him twenty mil. <laughs> to lead the league
1: in rebounding every single year. Dude, if you're giving dudes like Jeremy Grant twenty mil. And Grant, Hayward, has million? a better
0: impact on, on a team than Andre Drummond. I'm talking about the
1: on the open market not what we as front office guys pay him. How much would he get? How much would he get? This this market is inflated with the cap going up. I'd say Gordon I'd say, getting thirty. I mean, I, Fred I mean, Van Fleet is getting twenty. So the 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 lead leader in rebounds, point. yeah, he could times get twenty in million. a row. He's he getting get twenty twenty two million on the open. If he's market. going to play
0: for a contender, he's not getting that money. Oh, obviously. he's not getting that money. No, yeah. we're like, there's no way in hell. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll see his his career go. Dude's getting paid um, massively, though. Like, I don't think it matters for him what career options he gets. Yeah, for real. Um, do you want to pick up a, another loser? Yeah, I'm going to go a little controversial with this one, but in the same vein with the Clippers, I think the Celtics also really are a uh, somewhat of a loser. wow. I, 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 I had to say. Take. So yeah,
1: this in my like this guy picking have, like final four teams as like yeah. losers.
0: And and the reason why I say they're losers is because you need to look at them in the scale again of making the finals. You're talking about this Clippers team competing for the Eastern Conference Finals for like three out of the last four years, right? The Celtics, Celtics. The Celtics, yes. And they they need they need to do something to get significantly better to make the finals and compete for a championship, right? And if if you're Danny Ainge, right, you signed Kyrie Irving to get yourself there, then he left for nothing. Then Gordon Hayward now also might be leaving for nothing, which means that you've done – like, you haven't – now your team is, like, slightly worse, right? And the other teams in the league that you're competing against in your own conference have gotten – like, proportionally better, right? The Sixers we talked about, you know, improved, right? They're back to the way that they were the previous year. The Heat made the finals, right? So they're a team now that you have to go through. And beat them. Who beat them? They beat
1: the the Celtics. The Heat beat the Celtics, excuse me.
0: Exactly. Yeah, so they're competing against them, right? Yeah. Exactly. So the, the Heat... Yeah, so the so Bucs, the Nets. Then the Bucks, the Nets, exactly. See, you see already there's like four teams in front of them. Now you talk about this season, they're arguably they're regressing, right? Not, their team overall is still a playoff team. They are still a winner. They're still contending, but they're lower on that list. And, it, and I think that that makes them a loser because they're going from a, a point of perspective in our perspective where they were always an Eastern Conference finals team, right? That was playing for the finals to now a team that could get bounced in the second round. Right, and to me, to me, that's what makes them a loser. And to me, like they didn't make any moves. They had the Miles Turner option coming through, didn't make that happen with Indiana, because Danny Ainge was being too stingy. And they ended up letting Gordon Hayward walk for free. And now they're trying to do some sort of, I mean, if they get some sort of sign and trade in return for the Hornets, they get something there. But like, I don't really know where this goes for them because Kemba Walker got exploited. So they needed some sort of defensive guard, which they have in Marcus Smart, but they, like ideally they would need another defensive guard, and they and they have Tristan Thompson, and I want to see how well he does, you know, on this Celtic squad. Um, but in my personal opinion, like that's what I think. Obviously, offensively they'll be fine. Defensively is where the problems kind of so expound you, for them.
1: So does the Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson signing mean nothing to you? I mean. Jeff, Jeff Teague, Teague a, a guy who was on a team with sixty wins, and it was a starting point guard for them. For the dude, that
0: was many years ago. Many years. Ago. He's an average point guard, but he's very average.
1: And he's a, backup, and he he's a, a backup, backup. I understand. But he's a backup. But he's an average starting point guard. So if you put the, him on the bench with a reduced role, he's going to excel. What is in he that bringing role. in? He's bringing, dude. He's replacing Brad Wanamaker. Tell me when Brad Wanamaker went to college, and I'll give you this argument. Exactly, okay.
0: I understand, but do you know what I'm I, saying? I'm just saying, like this guy's defensive rating isn't like, like I feel like they should have gotten a better defensive player. Like if they were I looking mean, for a we all
1: we wish things like I wish we would have you know gotten Kawhi like last year, like you know, <laughs> like Tristan Thompson is like what they needed. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and they didn't even like trade away Daniel Tice, who was serviceable for them, and Robert Williams, who they like, and Taco Falls. <laughs> Uh, at their center, they, the
0: guy resigned actually. I think Grant like, Williams, a one-year like deal. they didn't
1: lose anyone and they got a rookie, they didn't lose someone of importance, uh, except like Brad Wanamaker. You
0: know? They like, lost Gordon Hayward, answer. yeah. But like, he, the guy was he giving them points, bro. He was giving like he wasn't playing poorly, but he who needed Who's to
1: say, like Tristan Thompson, who averages 10 points a game, and Jeff T, who averages 10 points a game, can't make up Hay- Hayward's minutes and Hayward's production? That's my whole point. Tatum's going to get better. Brown's
0: going to get better. Smart's going to get the, better. The person
1: who... Walker who, is going to get better.
0: Uh, the only person that, like, the pressure defensively picks up on is Jalen Brown.
1: And I think he... I mean, he will step up.
0: No, he, he's their
1: second-best defender. I don't think there's pressure on him. I think there's No, he's going to become... I think he's going to be an all-star
0: next year. But I think that... Mm. It, he wasn't... All- he was basically had, like, all-star numbers last year, mm. in my opinion. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, right J- yeah. Yeah. Either way, like what I'm trying to say is like going into this season, if you can't get them going to the Eastern Conference Finals, they're a loser in my book, and their offseason I, moves. I, I will enough. agree with
1: you that that's my perspective. Had, they had missed opportunities, and they were under a lot of pressure to make moves. And there are some Celtics fans that I know that are ready to fire Danny Ainge because he just stands past with these picks. Yeah, and he a just lot of sits on were not them. happy with this. Um, a lot of people were not happy with this uh, Naismith guy. Who's apparently a really good shooter, as we saw in the draft.
0: Um, yeah. Fire shooter, by the way, just so we know. I think he was shooting like some forty-five, fifty. The reason I, the
1: reason, yeah, he's a good shooter. The reason I, <laughs> I disconnect from you is just because, to call them a loser, like, is a little stretch when we're put your, your technically, I know you don't mean this. You're putting them in a category with the Detroit Pistons and Cleveland
0: Cavaliers. I think and it's I know- relative. You can't like, that's what I'm saying. See, you can't compare the Cavs and the, and the and the Celtics. You have to compare them against the people that they're competing with. And I think that's true for any team in the NBA. Okay. That's fair. That's you're not going to compare, you. you're not going to compare the Lakers and the Hawks and be like, the Lakers are significantly better for this. Like, obviously they're a contender. The Hawks are not a contender. They're fighting for the playoffs. So you have to you have to you have to compare each teams within like each of the brackets, right? So like the Celtics, you're not comparing the Celtics against the Wizards, right? Okay.
1: I I'll concede I won't concede that they lost though. I I can concede that they didn't maybe meet their goals. um, Exactly. They were supposed to.
0: Um,
1: and so you know, the Celtics. I agree. I, I actually gave you that stat. Like we said it on the pod. Like that's just so staggering to me. I know LeBron was in their way a couple times. But to make the Eastern Conference Finals three out of the last four seasons ridiculous. not once uh, take that next leap, like the pressure is on. And you brought it up, so I'm going to uh, steer left on this because I think we're running out of losers anyways, and the losers I I really don't want to talk about. (laughs) Um, We can dive into this. Uh, I I tweeted it today, man, and I think I've told you off, off camera, like Kemba Walker for Russell Westbrook. Like it has to happen, and I tweeted it today. And I am so like, the more I think about it, the more I'm so for it for all the reasons in the world. And no one is talking about this trade opportunity. I think it works so, so well for the Celtics.
0: He's what king. happened in
1: 2019? The Spurs said, you know what? We don't want to put Kawhi, you know, who, who wants him? He, he's an expiring deal. Who wants him? The Raptors are like, you know what? I'm not sure that he wants to sign. Messiah was like, you know what? I'm not sure he wants to sign with us this year, but. Let's give him a year. Let, let's see how it works out. Something needs to switch. Guess what Masai did? He fired his coach of the year. He, fired, he traded his franchise player, who should get his uh, jersey in the Raptors, that's really soon, and won a fucking championship. I'll repeat, won a fucking championship on a one-year rental. So, Russell Westbrook is 32 years of age as of last week. Russell Westbrook is no Kawhi, though. Just Russell Westbrook is no Kawhi. Okay, you're not getting my point. Like, yeah. When I bring up people, it's not to compare them. Okay, it's okay. examples. For okay. The analogy. Okay. Russell Westbrook is 32. He's running out of time. It's going to be his third team in three years. He is going to realize, like, hey, this is my best shot to win a ring, man. Like, I was winning games. I was reaching the finals when I was deferring True. to another score. And Tatum can be that mini Durant in this scenario. And he has Jalen Brown being that James Harden kind of role when he was younger. You know what I'm saying? And being that sort of second, third option for them, a guy who has ferocious, a guy who has an enforcer. Jason Tatum's an excellent player, arguably top 10 in some people's minds. They don't have a leader on that team. They don't have a vocal leader on that team. And it's super clear. Marcus Smart has to be your leader. And that dude comes off the bench. That is a very sad thing to do. If you can have someone that's going to force everyone to compete, at a high level and, you know, push them over the edge, if done correctly, it's going to be Russ. And in terms of the erratic play, Brad Stevens is going to rein that guy in. He's a championship level coach. I fully believe that. And Russ is going to put his game together and realize, you know, I'm in this system. I'm not in a system where I'm in a position where I can shoot anymore. The four's not that spread out. I'm deferring. And guess what? For Boston, I'm going to add a new element offensively to this team and that's getting the ball in transition. There is no one on this earth that can stop Russell Westbrook or LeBron James in transition. Adding that to Boston's offense and to Brad Stevens' scheme would just only heighten their defensive ability and push them in transition even more to score more points. Imagine their record next season. Mic drop. If you want the Kemba side, I can explain that too, but I'll let you digest No, I,
0: I, I, I kind of – I'm not disagreeing with you at all. The only thing I'll disagree with is that Michael Schmerz is a starter, dude. Um he's, not, no, he's not the bench. He he usually comes off the
1: bench though. That's what I'm saying. It's Kemba, it's Kemba Brown, Jason Tatum, uh Grant Williams, and Daniel Tice. I watched every game last season.
0: Really? Yeah. Marcus doesn't start every
1: game? No, he doesn't. It's saying that now because
0: you know things have moved around. Oh I did not know that. I don't watch enough Celtics games. But I I do see. Like I see your point. Kemba's undersized, and for a guy who it's a great scorer. He's also yeah. A poor it would help defender. the Celtics'
1: uh, defense too. By the way, yeah. yeah. I think I think that's Getting like the bigger issue.
0: Like offensively, they're a great team, but defensively, like Kemba Walker got exploited, particularly by Tyler Hero.
1: Replacing five eleven with six so, four, like I don't care how bad of a defender Russ is, which I don't yeah, think he's bad. at he's all. He's not so bad at all. He's, he's serviceable. Like above average. Just the mere fact he's 6'4". like I just don't know why this trade isn't being talked about more. It had to been. Kicked I'm pretty around. sure it's because Kemba is untouchable. If, I mean, for the culture, maybe because, but dude, Danny Ainge fucking <laughs> shipped Isaiah Thomas like he was just like chopped liver um, after the tragic, like tragedy he went through um, and dropping 53 in the playoffs. I don't see why he wouldn't do the same thing to Kemba Walker, uh, who just put in one year for them, you know?
0: That is true, but I think that might be the reason why he might choose to keep Kemba because that Isaiah Thomas trade was used against him. In the Anthony Davis scenario, remember that whole thing. I don't know right. if you were if you're fine, but at the time, like Anthony Davis, you know, was like the Celtics were pursuing yeah, him. I know, but then like, like his he, dad he was he like, "Look, picks. that's yeah. the same thing." He stood on his picks, and he also he like like there was a there was a reputation for like Anthony Davis, his dad clearly said like, "Dude, like this team, yeah, we're not we're not playing for this team for more than a year if you stay." So, but I don't know. In my opinion, I guess to kind of reel in the conversation they are comparatively in a, in a losing situation because the nets are going to be a top two, top three team next season. The Sixers are arguably better and the, the Bucks have strengthened their roster to kind of secure that one seat again. Definitely. Um, so. um, we
1: can talk about one more loser and then, or do you have, I can talk about one more. Do you want to go one more or, or I think we're good there.
0: I mean, who is your loser? And then I can kind
1: of. Well, yeah. I mean, you you chose the Celtics, so it's 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 uh, it's my turn to popcorn, pretty much. My loser is pretty much the. I mean, do I really have a loser though? I don't really think so, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I would probably go Orlando. Yeah. I was gonna, I was definitely. gonna say the Kings.
0: I th- I think yeah. the two of those teams are kind of in the same bucket, man.
1: Uh. Well, I give the Kings a slight edge because they were able to get off of Bogdan's books. And dude, Buddy they messed that up happier. so badly though. And they re-signed Fox and kind of they kind of secured their long-term future. If you give someone a max, it means you have a good player. And comparing yeah. them to Cleveland, um, they're nowhere near that. Right. So oh, the yeah. Kings, the Kings get like a C because they they, they they they're trying to they know what they're doing. That's that's what I can give them credit for. They didn't yeah. lose, they know what they're doing. Fox is our future. We're gonna convince Hula to stay. Luke Walton's a decent coach. And Marvin Bagley, we're going to give him another go to, like, to stay healthy. Um, okay. yeah, I would stay away from the Kings. I would, I would probably argue for the Magic if we can talk about them.
0: Sure. Uh, just one quick anecdote on the Kings. Yeah, yeah. Just go, for signed, go for it. They just signed Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I just thought it was really funny how this guy didn't know who a beat writer was.
1: Oh, I saw that tweet,
0: too. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, like, he was like, why are you they, following
1: us around all season?
0: And another – like, they're, really they're like just – yeah, there's some really funny stuff about We're how the guy – yeah, the guy didn't know. Like, the coach would ask to, like, work him out at the news. Like, nah, I'm good. How did this guy <laughs> – I, I don't this know how – hilarious. He, yeah. His videos
1: on Twitter are just, like, him running around, like, the Heat locker room and shit like that. like, Yeah. It he got, different. he got
0: like, he was he was good on the heat, but I think on the trophy, his backstory is declined. really
1: good. His level of ascension and stuff, yeah, exactly. Um, I am just very confused how Dwayne Wade like put up with him, like for, for however long he did. It on the
0: yeah, heat. um, a shout out to him. You got a vet, Mindu. All right, we'll yeah, talk about the, to the, the magic to, now. To
1: wrap up, um, we're gonna end with the Orlando Magic. Um, we check out our first pod or one of our first pods, like with the epic uh Aaron Gordon conversation, um, that was. That was, like, probably top three, like, arguments, you know, we've had on here, which we're, we're due for many more. But uh, one of our finest, uh, which sure. I mean, we're, we're having conversations off camera about naming the podcast after him. Stay tuned for that. Um, that's how I, I did say, never – we
0: never had that conversation. You're just making <laughs> shit up now. Uh, I'm coming up with ideas off the top of my head. But, dude,
1: it's, it's the same deal. These guys funded the same, same kind of rope. I was listening to the Zach Low pod. He had an Orlando Magic fan on. And he was just like just upset. It was like where the direction we go, the trades we make, it just don't don't make any sense. Like when I'm Markel so Fultz is your team's fin. biggest hope, when Marquel Fultz, uh, a, a player that a couple teams have given up on, that's when you know like you're struggling. Um, and I'm a huge Fultz believer. I think he can. Yeah, I think he's it.
0: a pretty good. Like I, I, think he has a he no, has he's a chance. He, he,
1: no, he's got. He's, no, he's got. He's got game. I'm being serious. Yeah. Um, they weren't able to. Evan Evan Fournier opted in. Uh, they still have Terrence Ross as a decent player. Dwayne Bacon is currently their starting small forward. Um, take that as you will. The legendary Aaron Gordon, um, AmiNu as the backup, and then Vucevic Mobamba. So this team, you know, was they've just been eighth place every single year, which is honestly really impressive in my book because none <laughs> of these players like really stand
0: out. Nikola um, Vucevic. An all-star. Vucevic year, is so pretty props good, to yeah. them.
1: But right now, man, like, in my opinion, if, if you want to answer the question, like, what does what their future have in store for them, uh, you got to trade Aaron Gordon for sure. Just trade Aaron Gordon, get collect assets, uh, collect first round picks, and just try to go home uh, all the way in on a disgruntled star, whether that's Westbrook, um, that would fit in. I think Magic fans will be pleased for that from a box office standpoint, or John Wall. Um, you know, right? Uh, right up, right up the road, up in Virginia. Um, you got to get something to make your fans happy. Those, and then... those
0: are like your B plus superstars that you just throw in exactly, you, huh?
1: and just and just and just force <laughs> and just force some kind of excitement, and hopefully that'll lead you to the next blueprint for you. Um, and, and just force your way in kind of that because uh, nothing's
0: working here in Orlando. Um, they got Cole Anthony, which I thought was cool. Um, yeah. the guy is like like I guess New York's hope in this in this draft, and you know he. He's had some solid, I guess, Instagram highlights, but I'm curious to see how that translates <laughs> in the NBA. Because um, they have an interesting point guard rotation, right? Like, if you look at it, they got Markel Fultz, who was kind of like a bust, right? They got Michael Carter-Williams, yeah, who had this crazy first game in the NBA where he had a triple-double. Against the I was, Brown, like, so bro. high Against on him, bro. Brown. Against the Bron. Yeah. It, it was – we thought – I thought at least, like, uh, this guy was going to go off, and then he just kind of declined. And I got Cole Anthony. Uh, Hopefully he doesn't live up to these other two guys and and beats them out. Um, But, you know, to the point of, like, where this team's going, their best bet is getting rid of Aaron Gordon, but also trading away Nikola Vucevic. Like, this guy has drawn interest from a lot of contenders. He's that 20-10 and guy that, you know, other teams are looking to get. And, you know, him being an all-star, like, they need to get rid of him. Because – with him there, they're like they're like mediocrely good. That just always puts them in the playoff position, and never gets them high on the draft lottery. So they're like just stuck. I think the teams that are between eight and ten, consistently, just go nowhere. Like they're in terms of spot. yeah, because if you're below that, then at least like. You're getting into the lottery, and if you're above that, like there's just something going on that's working, right? And it's you're so You're sitting funny eight through ten, like you're just so sitting, much, there, dude.
1: There's so there's so much hoopla about making the playoffs, making the playoffs. I think we can make the playoffs. Yada yada yada. And it's just it's not about you know continually improving because every person's benchmark is just like making the playoffs, making the playoffs. When I think owners and GM should really shift their attention to okay, can we inc- can we increase our win percentage incrementally? Can we meet our goal of meeting this statistic, which is win? win games and you know the standings are going to be the standings and stuff like if the playoffs come like they come but did you did you increase this season by seven to ten wins yes then that's great let's continue that path it's just stupid to me how uh the top eight teams is this like like uh tell all be all like you know benchmark Um, yeah
0: yeah it's not it just doesn't work that way but i mean to orlando's credit they have been making the playoffs i guess (laughs) consolation
1: prize like give them that congratulations they they beat they beat the yeah, Bucks beat the Bucks,
0: Yeah, and, and they also beat the Raptors the year they before. The so Raptors year before. They're Shout out to them victories. for getting those those one victories that have basically represented their entire season in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> um, we, We're going to pray for the Orlando Magic. We want every team to do well. We're just kidding around on here. Um, but that's going to do it for us uh, here on the Uncharted podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, this was really interesting uh, taking the other side of things. Um, And and hearing about some teams that still need uh, some work to do. I mean, a lot of work to do to build their team out. Um, Hopefully (laughs) they they can get their stuff together in the future. Um, Coming up, uh, you guys must be wondering uh, what sort of next, you know, we've covered sort of the free agent covered sort of the league uh, as a whole. Now, as we head into training camp, Um, you know, we're really excited to come with this idea. We want to know and we want to talk about the most intriguing players Uh, the top 30 intriguing players heading into the 2020, 21 season. Um, So we're very excited to take that approach. Uh, We we hope you guys are going to tune in because uh, we just figured, um, you know, a lot more listeners are fans of more than players rather than teams. Uh, So rather than bore you about, you know, the Sacramento Kings, you know, 2021 future, uh, we'd rather, (laughs) we'd rather talk about exciting guys like, you know, Darren Fox or Jamal Murray or anything. So, uh, you know shout us out get in contact with us if you have an intriguing player uh, you want us to talk about uh, you know just let us know you know, you know how to get to us um, and so uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts but we're really excited for this idea uh, just look out for that podcast um, coming up very 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 soon um, happy Thanksgiving
0: to all Yash do you have anything uh, left to add? no nah, man enjoy this weekend stay safe coronavirus is still real so please remember that
1: wear a mask please yeah and I'm trying yeah. to get
0: out of this shit Yeah. And that's happy Thanksgiving, about
1: it. man! Uh, we appreciate everyone listening again. Thank you so so much. Find us on Spotify, and happy Thanksgiving once again. Have a great weekend, guys. Take care. Bye bye. Yep.
0: Bye bye.